Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts. I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner. Thank you all for coming tonight, this afternoon. Downbeat Magazine refers to his playing as John Coltrane Energy for the 21st Century. Recently featured in the New York Times, Frank Catalano made his Savoy label debut with Bang, which was debuted, debuted at number 12 on the Billboard Jazz Charts. Frank's previous CD, Mighty Burner, debuted at number 11, was on the Billboard Charts for 20 straight weeks. And you're the only guy that has ever performed with Miles Davis, Randy Brecker, Charles Erland, Elvin Jones, Stan Getz, Betty Carter, Vaughn Freeman, Tito Puente, Tony Bennett, Les Claypool, and Louis Belson while still in high school. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So this led to your signing on Delmark Records at age 18 and a string of critically acclaimed recordings. It's been uh, heard by millions of people all over the world, been featured on three Grammy-winning and 11 Grammy-nominated recordings with artists such as Jennifer Lopez, Destiny's Child, and John Legend. Wow. So, uh, (laughs) thank you. That was Mary. You've been heard by millions of people all over the world. I keep talking to you because I'm still just going, wow. Yeah, Mad Toast Live, Madison Music Collective, and WORT, WRT 89.9 FM are proud to present Savoy recording artist Frank Catalano and the Frank Catalano Quartet. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mary.
I started thinking a little bit about how Chris was asking me, so uh, how do you make your own luck or you know, something to that effect. We had uh, about three years, maybe three or four, about four years ago, we had a week at the Blue Note in Tokyo and we had 13 shows and we had a very like straight ahead jazz, John Coltrane type uh, show prepared and we were all excited about it. And we played the first show, it was packed, uh, you know, the place holds about 700 people. Uh, ticket prices are very expensive. Everyone seemed to have a good time, but at the end of the show, everyone's like, play something funky. And I'm like, hmm. Because I like playing funky stuff, and I've done a bunch of stuff outside of the straight-ahead jazz realm, but we didn't have much prepared. So we wrote a few things in the, the dressing room before the next show, and one of them was that song, which we call Funky Donkey, and it was just supposed to be a working title, but uh, Josh Sherman at uh, Columbia Records liked it, and uh, there you go. So it'll forever be called Funky Donkey, and it was just supposed to be something quick to introduce the band with, but people started liking it. It was put in a TV commercial, and there you go. So I guess... You can make your luck in about four minutes if you try hard enough, I guess. And have enough sake going through you because they were giving us all types of stuff back there too. 
Here's one that uh, we recorded live at the Blue Note in New York, and it's on our live-only CD. And I got to play this for about a year uh, with Elvin Jones, but never recorded it with him. We have a drum and sax duo that we did a while back, a, a CD, but this isn't on it. And this is a song that we like to play, and it's very up-tempo, and it's called Explosion.
<laughs> I wanted us to have a, a fun uh, up-tempo song, and I had written something like that about 15 years ago when I was in Charles Erland, Ham B3 organ players band. Uh, that was in three and a little different, so uh, we, we adapted that for our band. How about a, another nice round of applause for Brendan Joyce on the bass, Joe Artig on the drums, Scott Williams on the keyboards. My name is Frank Catalano again, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm used to saying Scott Williams on the piano, but then when it's this red keyboard, then it's like, well, it's not really a piano, but if I accidentally say piano, please forgive me, because I'm used to saying it. Look at uh, Brendan's pants. Aren't those nice pants? <laughs> Brendan showed up and he said, I think I'm overdressed because I have my, my nice pants on. So, so I'm like, oh, possibly. Um, so I hear that when you're uh, not on tour, you're in the studio um, composing classical music. Well, uh, my degree uh, from college uh, is in classical composition, so I like, to, I like to write a lot of music in general, but uh, definitely a lot of classical pieces, a lot of solo saxophone pieces, um, only because there's, there's quite a, you know, a, a bit of famous uh, classical music for the saxophone, but the saxophone has in a large way been overlooked, and it seems like uh, uh, for doing some recitals and some other things, workshops and whatnot that Yamaha's sent me to, to go do, it's nice to kind of throw in some, uh, some non-JS things. Mm -hmm. but, do you so. have a little riff or a little short segment you could play of your classical saxophone? You know, uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> try out something. It's funny though when you, you, st you said riff at first because I kind of think most music that makes me want to listen to it has some, something that you can grab onto, mm -hmm. some type of riff. And uh, me, me and Gary Alderman were talking for a minute about uh, just playing the drums and the saxophone and how sometimes if people try it, it doesn't maybe work as well as you'd like, but we were talking about how when the time is really solid and there's still something to grab onto, even though it's a little more uh, avant-garde, right. uh, you can grab onto it. So that's kind of something that I kind of stole from just some classical stuff that I had worked on, trying to bring it into jazz. On my very first CD, I was a freshman at DePaul University at the time that that came out on Delmark Records, and uh, the song Cut It Out, which is the title track, was actually a, a classical recital piece that I wrote, but put you know bass and drums to it. So uh, when I think about the idea of developing a, a riff or an idea, uh, especially you know, so that it's interesting, uh, I, I get excited about it, and that's what most of our songs uh, kind of come out of. So. That's yeah. the, the beginning of that, the song, uh, which turned out to be cut it out, which basically it was one riff, but then played four times in a little bit different styles. Mm -hmm. And if you don't you know, swing it as much, then it becomes a classical piece. If to, to properly do it, I'd need a, maybe a smaller mouthpiece so you get a little more focused, smaller sound. But it's funny how there's so much uh, connection between 
most types of quality music, mm -hmm. it's funny how people like to put things in one box or the other, but yeah. definitely classical and jazz very much go together, just and like blues well, and jazz. And, and so much crossover between what composers do and what improvisers do, and I think a lot of people may maybe don't think about that. Maybe they do. And in Indian music, isn't that called a mantra, or is it a raga, or ragas and ragas? Yeah. When you kind of take that theme and then you repeat it in very different tempos and spanning different... Yeah, you know. no, I mean, definitely the, the idea of, you know, composing, I know a lot of times people liken that to jazz musician as kind of like spontaneous, you know, compositions where, you know, once it comes out of your saxophone, you can't bring it back from the air and erase it and do it again, <laughs> meaning it's out there now for everyone to hear yeah. whether it's good or bad. As where if you're writing, you know, at home and you have your computer or pen and paper or whatnot going, you can say, oh, I don't like this thing you know, cross it out and redo it. But when you're doing it live and you're improvising, so you're, you're composing kind of on the fly uh, in large part, yeah, that's, that's to me the exciting part because the, you, you have to throw down and really do a good job because if, if you don't, everyone will know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and something actually kind of similar to composing and improvising, um, uh, um, actually inventing, right? You have a MIDI device, that's something that you came up with, is actually a keyboard, it's a little keyboard attachment. You remove this bell key guard, and it fits there. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I made it in my mom's garage about 15 years ago. And then somebody said, this is a cool idea. So I had it patented about 10 or 12 years ago. And that's what led to me uh, helping to, to kind of play test instruments and stuff for Yamaha, because they were going to buy it from me. They ended up deciding not to. Because they said, you're probably the only person crazy enough to buy and or play this thing. So <laughs> we'll lose a lot of money, but we'd like for you to help play test and endorse our stuff. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's cool. I love on, the, on your website, you show the actual patent document. It looks like something from the mid-1800s, you know, the circles and arrows and diagrams and the numbers and stuff. That's funny because, I mean, that's, that's how I felt. But I guess the, the patent office, which is like over 200 years old, they have very specific guidelines that have not changed right. from that amount of time, which is, is to me, the, the whole process of having that patented, except for the expense, which was brutal, uh, uh, yeah. was very fun. And the, the weird thing people don't realize, the patent office is actually in a place called Warehouse 13, and they actually have 200-year-old people that still work there. <laughs> so, they they look good for their age, I guess. They really, <laughs> they really do. They, uh, uh, so... That, did that have anything to do with, at some point you, were, you had a fairly bad injury that led to having to rework some things. And I thought about Pat Martino and some other very famous musicians that had to kind of, re, did you have to rethink things or did, did it come back? Yeah, about 15 years ago I had uh, my right middle finger cut off in a really bad accident. And uh, I still played, but I couldn't use that finger and so that kind of helped me uh, kind of get my mind out of what most saxophone players probably think about, meaning like I was coming up with a bunch of alternate fingerings and just trying to, you know, get the notes out uh, in, a, in an okay way. Luckily, uh, I had a surgery and the finger was put back on and it, it works very good, so I'm really blessed and a half, so I feel lucky. But the... Um, the, that made me think about other things, like what if it doesn't start working? 
because uh, even after the surgery and all the swelling goes down, you know, it messes up your whole hand. My, you know, they had to take stuff out of my wrist to repair wow. the finger. So it, it, it does change everything. It's not just like even the one finger. It's their whole way of doing stuff. And um, uh, But you just I, went back at it and said, I'm... I'm well, it, after a lot of trial and error, I, I basically said um, the keyboard thing could help function because I could do some stuff with this hand for the saxophone yeah. sounds and then some stuff with this hand for the keyboard stuff because you could have a little bit more limited dexterity and still make some good stuff happen. Yeah. But luckily, I just, I'm so stubborn, I wasn't going to just like <laughs> stop with that. So, you know, my, my wife has to deal with me and other people had to deal with the stubborn side, but usually it ends up being a, a good thing in the long run, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're so glad that you didn't stop. <laughs> Mr. Frank Catalano, Frank Catalano Quartet. <laughs>
Frank Catalano. <laughs> Frank Catalano Quartet. You guys want to hear one more? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Thank you. That was our song uh, called Shaken off our most recent CD from Savoy Records, but one that we usually uh, like to, to end our shows with is another funky one that we wrote in honor of uh, Charles Erland, who I mentioned before. His nickname was The Mighty Burner, and this is our song, Mighty Burner, and it uh, is kind of a, a funky riff from a, a, a thing that I got to record with Jennifer Lopez, uh, and it got changed into our song. It went through a bunch of mutations, and this is going to feature Joe Ortega on the drums, and this is called Mighty Burner.
<laughs> Thank you, everybody. That's our song, Mighty Woo! Bruner. <laughs> that was great. Frank Catalano on tenor sax. Mr. Joe Ortega. Ortega on drums. Brendan Joyce on bass. Scott Williams on keyboard. Frank Catalano quartet. You can go to catalanomusic.com to find out more. This two-part episode with Frank Catalano was made possible by a grant from the John and Caroline Peterson Charitable Foundation. Yep, and support from our program sponsors. And special thanks to Kurt and Elizabeth Brink here at the lovely Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue. Home of Mad Toast Live here. And also thanks to Liliana's Restaurant, the UPS Store in Fitchburg, Farley's House of Pianos, the Cardinal Bar, Tornado Club Steakhouse, and Oak Bank. And our media sponsors, the Isthmus and WORT 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio. Yep, an extra special thanks to all the great jazz DJs at, at work, Gary Alderman, Gene Reynolds, Joanne Powers, everybody there down there. Uh, special thanks to our technical, pro technical producer, Mr. Andy LaValle from Bear Sound, and to the MMC, the Madison Music Collective, Larry Lundy, Sue Peterson, Howard Landsman, Lori Lang Crosdale, and everybody at the MMC for making this possible. Thanks for listening. Yep. Oh, and, and thanks also to Yamaha saxophones. There's more. Frank Frank plays Yamaha saxes. Rico reads Jody's jazz mouthpieces. And you can uh, stream or download all of our past Mantos Live episodes at mantoslive.com or find us on the pod, podcast directory of iTunes. <gasps> thanks again for listening. <laughs>